Hey guys, welcome to Bagging the Boardcast, episode number 425. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being the Weekend Geek, bringing the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out November 4th, 2020. Then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week it's time for one of our trade and policy reviews where we pick up a trade paperback or original graphic novel. And today we're going to be talking about Earth One Wonder Woman Volume 2. Or Wonder Woman Earth One Volume 2. I've, I've seen it written both ways. They, they go that They go that. I got nothing. Uh, but I do have a beer to well, drink. I was going to say, you do have a beer in front of you. That counts as something. Uh, and I am drinking uh, from German brewery Gravensteiner. This is their unfiltered lager original, and this is a uh, mild lager. This is really nice. It's kind of like you mixed uh, Old Speckled Hen with a Boddington's. Ooh. Like it's got a nice richness to it, um, but it's got kind of a nice creaminess and smooth, easy drinking. Um, I, I really like it. I was given a uh, case of this beer from a, a salesman who received a case from the brewery, but he's not – nobody is distributing this beer out in this area. So he just had all these cases, and he gave me a case. And uh, I'm trying to make them last, and they're that good. They're just great drinking beer something great to have at the table when you're uh having dinner uh if you're playing games paul it would be a great board game beer like how is it if you're trying to decide if you want to buy a board game oh it would be great i think you need to decider i think you need to give one of those to paul then so he can follow you decide if he wants to turn the key on your request no paul you would need a uh cider if you wanted a decider Nice, nice. Everybody's coming with Paul jokes tonight, and I just feel seen and loved. (laughs) You guys are really trying them out. I, I really appreciate it. I feel, feel supported. Love it. Uh, I'm drinking a sour or a Berliner, uh, and this is Young Lion Brewing Company, who I don't think I've really had anything from before. This is their sour series, Cranberry Berliner, and this uh. 5.6 5.6 alcohol by volume, so a little bit of a heavier sour. Um, but this is nice. It's tart. I wouldn't call this really... It isn't that like acrid kind of sour, like leaving you too, too puckered. Oh, nice. don't worry, Paul. I, I got you on that one. <laughs> Ooh, but I got a nice you no know, cranberry tartness. This is like the perfect like ocean spray in the face, you know? it's it's uh, I want, I'm going to pick up an actual... I, only have the one can here. I made a mix your own uh, six pack and pick this one up. But I'm going to pick up whatever cup this comes in, and this will be my Thanksgiving beer. Hmm. It comes in a four pack. I'm being told, and uh, from producer John. <laughs> and uh, no, I'm, I'm thinking this is what I'm going to bring over on Thanksgiving for myself. To I would, Paul. I'd go out and buy it now. now. Yeah, because it won't be there. It might not even make it through the weekend. Like. Small allotments come in from Young Lion to our area for most things. There's specialty stuff like this usually move fairly fast, and there's not a lot of a lot of them in the area. If I 
if I'm at the store right in the next couple of days, I'll pick it up. Uh, it's good. It's just uh, COVID quarantine. Like, I don't want to make an extra trip to the store unless I really have to. Like, if I'm going there for something else, I will. But, like, if it was non-quarantine time, you know, COVID time, I might make the special trip. Like, oh, well, I'm out tomorrow. I'll stop by. But, you know, it's good. I'm glad to have it. I would like to bring it over for Thanksgiving. But sacrifices must be made. There will be other Thanksgiving beers. And Chris, that, that's you, true. But Chris, do, do you know? Do you know what my favorite pie is? Rhubarb. I do love rhubarb. No, but key lime pie. Oh, is it? Yeah. Well, boy, then do I have a beer for you? Literally. Uh, recently, Sideward Brewing here in Orlando, Florida, came out with their Brace Face, which is a Berliner Weiss with key limes and coconut added. And this is an offshoot of that. This is their cherry lime Berliner Weiss. It's uh, key lime, cherry, and coconut. And everything Paul was describing his beer was lacking, I think Sideward picked that up and put it in this can. Because this is brushing your teeth after drinking orange juice, like punch-in-the-mouth tart. Oh. So so is the, the Brace Face one, uh, which, again, I have cans of that on side for you. Uh, whenever I can wind up getting to send those out. I do think the cherry adds a little bit more depth to that flavor. Uh, after the initial sip, you become a little bit more like acclimated to it. Like, my tongue has a coating on it now that I'm able to drink it a little bit heavier. But it's still something I don't want to say to sip and savor. Because when you're drinking it, you're like, ooh, it's this tart. I just want to get this over with, but it's not bad. It's just very, like you said, Paul, like mouth puckering. <laughs> and I'm going to try not to do it again, because people listening can't see my face, but yeah, you guys can. We all know. We know what you're talking about. And I'm not saying I'm missing that super punch in the mouth. I'm enjoying that it's just that refreshing tart with a little bit of sour on this. It, yeah. It's a perfect you know, flavor pro- profile for a cranberry. This one just kind of grabs, like, the sides of your tongue and, like, folds it around itself like a blanket. Ooh. Sounds good. But it has, like, that that coconut on the back end. It is good. I picked up a four-pack of this. um, Probably, like, sitting out on the porch reading some comics. I'll finish them up, but... Yeah. Cool. And I think that'll take us into the news garden, talking about sitting out on a porch. Let's go out to the porch and look over and view the vastness of the news for this past week. Man, Chris and I took your mojo, huh? <laughs> yeah. It's nothing. It's okay, uh, because yeah, there's, there's really not much happening this week, uh, or at least nothing that we kind of deemed worthy of discussing, besides reports that we will be seeing... Oscar Isaacs possibly appearing in the Disney Plus Mark Spector Moon Knight show. Uh, again, these are just reports. Other reports that have come out about Disney Plus castings have kind of been undercut by the people that they were about. Uh, I can't remember her name, but the girl that was supposedly cast as She-Hulk came out recently and was like, no, like that's not real. Like That's just a press release that somebody made that got got away from everybody but when that story was released the director of She-Hulk or like the showrunner for it 
commented on the release with a, a green heart emoji. So hmm. who knows? This um, could be her just trying to like distance it because it hasn't officially been announced yet. But uh, circling back to Oscar Isaacs as Moon Knight, I can, I can see that. I don't know how crazy of a Moon Knight we'll be getting, but I buy Oscar Isaacs as like adventure archaeologist. And this is solely just based off of the fact that in uh, Rise of Skywalker, he had that nice scarf on. When they were yeah. on the like, desert planet. That man can wear a scarf. Yeah. And I think, like, if you were going to have... if Who knows how they were going to... They're going to do Moon Knight. But if you're going to have him like that Jeff Lemire run where he's going through all the different personalities that have been Moon Knight, like, he could play each one and you'd believe that they are different characters. You know? Like, he's... Mm-hmm. He is a really good actor... And um, I, I'm intrigued by it. I think he would be good. I did also kind of like when they were rumoring um, uh, Harry Potter there. What's his Daniel Radcliffe? Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. I was like, yeah, Daniel Radcliffe could do it. I I, I would buy that. Did you see the uh, what is it? The um, Akimbo, I think, is the name. Where he oh, gets yeah. uh, the two guns surgically attached to his hands, like uh, he's got a sense of humor about himself, and he can play fun and kind of crazy. So uh, that looks fun. And something else, I mean, we talked about it before, but jujitsu looked just dumb, stupid fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to that. There's uh, one of those uh, Vogue or whatever where they like have all those actors breaking down their roles. There's a Nick Cage oh, yeah. one. That's he's just like I don't remember being in that movie. Next, no, it's always like, oh, when I was watching that, I was uh, really into this black and white cinema, so I played it as the werewolf. Like it's just like crazy stuff like that. Like that was when I was doing my French. Uh, I was watching all these French black and white films, so I played it like that. Like it's, uh, it's weird. That's oh, when they were talking okay. about raising Arizona, though. Right? <laughs> Well, that one he's like, I was playing him. I was playing that character as uh, Woody Woodpecker. That's why he got the Woody Woodpecker tattoo. And he's like, before any film, I'd take my hand and I, I'd rub it to cause all this ecstatic electricity on my head, so my hair would stand up like Woody Woodpecker. Method. <laughs> it's a method. I don't know. It's definitely it's definitely one of them. Anybody else uh, think of anything? Where do you want to continue talking about Oscar Isaacs? Oh, sorry. Yeah, uh, he wasn't great as Apocalypse. That's all I know. I still haven't seen that, but you know, I I do like me some Poe Dameron. I ha- I have my Poe Dameron action figure here next to me as I'm recording. Anyways, just I don't know. I I like him. Just fine because I got the Snap Lexley action figure right down here. <laughs> I was gonna say no, that's not Snap Lexley. That's the pilot from Lost. <laughs> Uh, I, I do have to say, like, Oscar Isaac did a good... He wasn't the worst part of that X-Men movie. That X-Men movie was garbage. If he had better writing and a better makeup, he would have been a good villain. I I look but, forward to watching that eventually when we get to our great X-Men oh. movie retrospective, because... Guys, we're going to catch up on the Marvel movies really quick if they don't start coming out soon. Just saying. I, I, honestly, 
I don't want to ever watch that movie again. No, you're going to have to because I don't think I I'm ever going really in fresh. watched it. I think it was something I put on. I started watching and then got bored. Started scrolling through my phone. Started doing dishes. Started doing anything else, and then forgot the movie was on. And then and you like, walked oh, into the other room, going. and it scared you. <laughs> oh. Ooh, movies on. When did, when did I put the Power Rangers movie on? <laughs> that, movie wasn't, okay. that movie wasn't. If they bad. get swords, then I'm definitely going to watch. That's it. not Ivan Ooze. <laughs> they go to that one strange planet with the one mystical woman that was very cute. Uh, she's she's not as good looking as you remember, Paul. Uh, <laughs> I, I watched that movie semi recently. I mean, just within the last year. And Paul, Paul takes out his wallet. Paul takes out his wallet and looks at it. He's like, "No, she still looks good." <laughs> Paul, is is that who's in that locket that you always have around your neck? Uh, so that'll take us over to <laughs> to the list. <laughs> That'll take us over to the list of books that are coming Paul, out. Why are you licking the locket now? That's so weird. <laughs> because if she kisses me, I turn from a frog into a prince. I can't remember that ranger's name, but he was like the new black ranger. Yeah. <laughs> that movie's not, not bad. Better than I remember, but still not great. Anyways, the list. Uh, I'm going to start this one off because I don't care and it's a book that we've already talked a lot about in the last couple weeks and it is Firepower Star Wars number (laughs) (laughs) 8 that's right it's being written by uh, we got uh, Charles Soule and art by uh, Roman Rosanis Chris Omni? Chris Omni's doing it right? Oh no! Uh, I wish I wish Chris Omni was doing it, but uh, no. It looks the art looks decent on the previews that I see here, and uh, I'm picking it up for one reason and one reason only. They're promising to show me Luke Skywalker, Wedge Antilles, the- and Sarah Bay battle against an onslaught of Tie Fighters in the greatest dogfight of the series. Greatest dogfight mm-hmm. of the series. I I'm in. So, so Paul, they're showing you the money. See, okay. see, this is what it's like to be us, Paul, when you make jokes. <laughs> but it was funny how I, you said you didn't care, so you started your book, and then I jumped in and just did mine. That was yeah. funny. So are you picking that was up, funny. this up based on the, your thoughts on Star Wars Squadrons? Is this on the tail yeah. end of that? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm uh, all hyped. I've only played through three missions so far, because I don't play many video games. You know, don't get much chance to play video games all that often. Um, but squadrons is so good. It's so good. So give me a dogfight. Give me more Star Wars dogfights. I'm in. Paul, Turned on. Paul, is that Michael Vick on the other side of your locket? Is that why you're into dogfights now? Oh. Wow, Paul, I'm learning a lot about you in this episode. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a fan <laughs> of it. <laughs> too sad to even respond to that. It's, it's, it's okay, Paul. He hasn't been relevant in a dog's age. Anyways, John, you were talking about a book. Uh, yeah, Firepower by uh, 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 the image guy there from Walking Dead. What's his name? Um, Robert Kirkman. 
Robert Kirkman, I'm sorry, you can't just like drop those bombs right in front of me and then be like, oh yeah, I throw it to you. Uh, Robert Kirkman, Chris we've been, Omni. We've been friends um, for like 20 years. You should be used to it by now. Yeah, but I'm also, I'm also, I had, I had uh, some wine at dinner because, you know, Chris was pre-drinking, so I pre-drank. And now I'm, uh, I finished my beer and. Guys, you got to be professional. But I, I was being professional because you go to a brewery to get beer. You have to get beer while you're getting beer, right? It's an, that seems yeah. that's a rookie that's like move not a, to. It seems like an exhibit move. Makes total sense. Uh, yeah, I've I've really enjoyed Firepower. Uh, I like the book. I want to see where it goes. Uh, the you know the zero trade that came out before it was great. Um, so I'm looking forward to this. It'll be my pick for the list, probably unless there's something out there that really hits me. It'll be my pick for the next probably. You know, year somewhere in there. Wow, it's nice. good though. Yeah, I, it, it's a great book. I need to read the like last two, uh, but I I thoroughly enjoyed what I've read so far, and I I look forward to more of it. I'm also looking forward to something not coming out this week. Uh, there wasn't really any single issues coming out that I wanted to pick up, so I actually went back into my wish list. And I actually purchased the Excalibur Volume 1 uh, trade, written by Teeny Howard, art by Marcus Toe, one of my favorite, more favorite, more recent artists. Uh, with X-Men books, I realized it really comes down to the team of characters on it, or characters on the team, that makes me want to pick up the book. Excalibur, it's Psylocke, Gambit, Rogue, Jubilee, and then they also have Richter and Apocalypse on it. I don't know. The trade was only like $10, so it's something worth checking out. It's the first six issues of the series. I want to read more of the X-Men books before they hit the reset button on it again. And I think this and probably Marauders are going to be the two that kind of catch my attention the most. Uh, So I'm going to read this one, and then I'll pick up Marauders. And based off of how I feel about those, I'll check out the rest of the continuing, like the Powers of X whatever else of X the two, the Jonathan Hickman books I don't remember what they were called uh, in the House of X, Power of X or Power of Ten uh, Sword of X is happening yeah, right that, now and right. based on how I feel about all that I might check out like the crossover because I haven't read an X-Men crossover years, honestly probably since like Hellions. AVX yeah, that one doesn't doesn't catch me, same thing with like X-Force but you know what does have my attention Next beer. And my next beer is also coming from Sideward Brewing here in Orlando, Florida. And this is their Telekinetic Hazy Pale Ale. Uh, I have to say, I'm not a real big fan of it. It's not bad. I put it at like a 275, so it's just under my bargatory level. It, it is what it is. It's just not my kind of IPA. I mean, it's it's hazy. It's not bad. I'll, I'll drink the rest of them, but... Yeah, not a huge fan, John. Uh, I'm glad you threw it to me because I also am not digging my beer or cider. Uh, this is from 1911. This is part of their Master Series Maple Bourbon Barrel Aged Hard Cider. Last year, this came out in bottles and it was phenomenal. It was like 
you put like cinnamon apples on pancakes and then poured maple maple uh, syrup on it. It was absolutely delicious. Last year it was in bottles. This year it's in cans. And this year just it just everything's off. Like the maple's a little too sweet. The apple's not there. There's no bourbony, and it's sicky sweet. Um, it just is. It's just missing everything. And uh, everything that I loved about it last year, I was really excited to get this again. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm a little disappointed only because I remember enjoying the beer so much last year. Or the cider. Paul, what are you drinking, bud? I'm drinking a local beer. This is from Thin Man Brewery. This is a a double IPA, and it's very hazy. It's called Crazy Juicy. It's 8% alcohol by volume. Comes in a pint um, can, which I enjoy. And this is a very easy drinking 8% IPA. This is going down real smooth has a little bit of that ipa bite on the back end um but it's nice it's not like tropical fruit that i'm getting i'm not even getting like much orange it's almost like that marmalade tartness and that's the only thing that i'm really getting like hop you know of of those like oh the new style um hop uh but i'm getting like more of that old school resiny ipa and I'm really kind of enjoying it because, you know what, I'm kind of, I'm not done with the juice bombs. So it's really fruity, orangey, orange juice kind of flavors. But um, I'm always happy to get something a little different, a little new, you know, that feels like, you know, going back in time. And I, I feel like I'm being transported back into my early days of IPA drinking with this one. I I can kind of say that with, like, the sideward telekinesis, too, or telekinetic. Yeah, telekinetic, sorry. Um this is the kind of IPA that I used to like try on the show and be like, yeah, I'm not a fan of IPAs. Like there's nothing wrong with it. It's just not that level of IPAs that I really like now, which is the more like that new England style, like the juice bomb stuff. Mm-hmm. I have Cyber has some good IPAs, but even their really good IPAs are still just, though it's, it's a decent IPA. Um, mm-hmm. One of the best IPAs that I've had recently was actually from Ellipsis Brewing here in Florida. And it was a pineapple vanilla version of like their like house IPA. And that was fantastic. Like that was just really good drinking beer. Um, so I'm excited for you guys to come down so we can go over there. You can try something new. But yeah, I, yeah. I feel like I might be giving up on the sideward IPAs. It might be something that I'll just get one of when I'm there. Just with like a sandwich or something, but I don't know if I can support buying like four packs or like crawlers of them anymore, just because it's, they haven't wowed me, but their other stuff's really good. And I'm looking forward to the next one that I have whenever we do our third beers. Mm, But we have to get through the rest of the show. And to do that, we must now go to a dramatic reading from Wonder Woman, Earth One, Volume Two, Page 14. Panel 5. Come, Jumpa. It looks like something might actually be happening for once. And that was a dramatic reading from Wonder Woman. Earth 1, Volume 2, Page 14, (coughs) Panel 5. 
There's a lot of numbers in that one. There's, there is, <clears throat> and I mean, there's a lot. One, volume two. There's a lot to that book. There is, uh, which is going to head us into our main topic, or do you guys want to do next beer first, or do you need some time in between? <laughs> we had a dramatic reading of some break well, between why, the two beers. Well, because nobody was like impressed by their drink, beers. I saw drink, John drink, pouring his drink, next one. Drink, on. I poured, I poured <laughs> mine out and got a new one. I didn't listen to Paul's review of his beer. I just was like, ah, I'm not drinking anymore. But that's the thing, like, I'm, I'm halfway through this one already, and I feel like it's a low enough ABV that if I'm either just to pound it or pour it, I wouldn't really be missing out on anything from it. Again, no offense, Sideward, I love you. Just your IPAs don't resonate with me really well. So I do we, have to say I respect it a little bit more when John just walks away from the headphones while I'm talking versus what he normally do does and just glosses just over doesn't and stops listening. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, the the same results happening, but I respect the walk away a little bit more. If you if the listeners ever notice that I'm just trailing off and just talking more it's because john walked away and i'm just trying to fill time (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like this is my time i can just talk with us this is my time to go that's the time that you need to start talking about your stupid uh computer games you boys play oh talking about we didn't talk about it in the news but uh did you see i i specifically said hey you guys have anything else it's a no it was a no because i knew john wouldn't care about it at all I've but already left John brought and it come up. back. <laughs> go go, go get another more, one. More cheap gaming. <laughs> oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. Interesting. I, I'm sure I will uh, hear all about that on the next episode of The Instance. Uh, yeah, it's a, he has a interview with Metzen, So Good listening. Right. So are we getting another beer? Uh, because I got them right here. It's not like I have to go anywhere. I brought my six-pack up. I would just need to grab I'm ar- something. I'm already drinking my third, so Chris, right, well, it's up to you. Yeah, let me let me finish this one up. Let me get my next one, and then we'll we'll start it off right. And since we're all drinking... Wait, I'm surprised that you started. You are surprised that I started? Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, but here I am, drinking a Dragon's Milk Reserve 2020 Reserve. I'm sorry, 2020 Reserve number three. This is 11% alcohol by volume because it's a dragon's milk bourbon barrel aged stout with vanilla and chai spices. You guys know I've been uh, chasing that dragon, chasing that memory, chasing that uh, dream of a beer from Dogfish Head's Chai Chi. Chai Chi? Chai Chi? Chai Chi. Chai Chi. Which was a chai tea flavored ale. And, um, this merely touches that itch. Like, it's pressing upon the itch instead of scratching it. Um, the bourbon barrel punch comes through first. Then it slowly dissolves into that vanilla. And then at the very end, if you take a sip and then don't do anything, and just sit there with your mouth closed, you get that chai tea flavor that rolls through. It's, it's a very good dragon's milk. It's, I don't know if I would pick it above the regular Dragon's Milk, but it's probably right up there with one of my favorite varieties of it so far. 
Yes. Yeah. I haven't loved many of the varieties. See, that's what I like about it, though, because I appreciate all of them except for the raspberry hibiscus one. That one can go die in a fire. But all of them I, I've enjoyed, but I can't put any of them over just the base Dragon's Milk because that's just such a great, yeah. solid, fantastic beer. And I think I would even put most of the flavored ones over the Dragon's Milk White Stout. Like that one, I like, hate that one. I've tried it a couple times, and it hasn't done anything for me. Um, it's it's not good. And circling back to last week and then the previous week, too, I just don't think I like white stouts. Uh, a couple days ago, I went to Dead Lizard Brewing here in Orlando, and I picked up two different beers from them. I was able to get their Incongrutosaurus, which is a uh, white stout, and then I got the very last single can they had of Caramel Daddy. Sorry, Caramel Daddy! Uh, I drank the four-pack of Incongrutosaurus. Not great. Not bad, though. It was just something to have after I got home from work when I was sitting down to watch TV. Uh, I was saving Caramel Daddy to do on the show. Sorry. Caramel Daddy! Um, But they're both white stouts, and I just don't think I like that style of beer. Like it's, it's hitting me now, and it's like one of those weird things to kind of have to come to grips with. I guess I don't like golden nails. Very few golden nails that I enjoy. Uh, I like what, um, Victory Golden Monkey. Is that what it's called? Yeah, that's the one. That, that I one I like. like um, Polite Pig at Disney Springs from Ravenous Pig. Ooh. They have. I want to say it's called Lone Palm. Is a good okay. gold nail. It's a style I like in bits and pieces. It's not like an across the board thing for me. But John, you you had another Dragon's Milk reserve. I I I do want to just say that Golden Monkey is a Belgian mm. triple. Is it really? Oh, it's not a golden nail. That, no, I said that. That was Chris. There are golden ales that I have tried and I do not enjoy. And Victory, oh, I Victory agree. has I, one, right? Like, I don't know. Probably they probably put it out at one time. I I agree with you, Paul. I'm not a huge golden ale fan, and I agree with Chris that there's there's more white stouts that I dislike than I like. But I have had a couple that I'm like, hey, that's really good. But they're doing something more than. They're just, they've just made it work, you know? White chocolate from the brewery, I think, is the best that you can get with a a white stout. And uh, I thought if anybody could do it, know? though, it would have been left hand. And that's why I was, like, mm-hmm. felt so betrayed after having that one on, like, 423, because I was really looking forward to it, you know? But, again, sometimes those, you know, like your Dragon Milk Reserves, I think I've disliked more dragon milk reserves than I've mm. liked them. I think the some the s'mores one I liked the mint one I liked more than mm. I thought I liked I, that one a lot. Yeah, I liked the mint one. The banana coconut one tasted like suntan lotion. Mm. The orange chocolate one I, I liked that one a lot. I, it was there. It was there. I didn't I'm not an orange chocolate oh. guy though. I I dislike orange chocolate. You don't like to thwack so it and then unwrap it? No. And I you would get like two or three of those every kitchen, or uh, Christmas. 
And I'm always like, uh, that's me with pretty much anything hazelnut though, too. Like it's just mm. not. That's right. I finally learned I don't actually like hazelnut. <laughs> N- uh, Nutella, <laughs> Nutella, however you pronounce it. Nope. I'm okay with yep. that, but like if it's like hazelnut, anything else, no, thank you. I pass. I I do have to say, what are those little chocolates the with the hazelnut? I like those. Uh, those are pretty I'm good. Pretty sure I like it's those. pronounced "Forever Rachel's." Mmm. <laughs> Paul, is that is that why you I, got that tattoo? I, are you just a really big fan that, of that? Is that what? It, <laughs> no, I don't like. I don't like. Is that the, what it's written? I don't like, like the Nutella. I don't like the hazelnut and chocolate together. I don't like the Forever Rachel's. I mean, I, I'm not one to you know pick apart people's choice in body art, but I just thought it was weird that you got it as a, a tramp stamp. One, Chris, we all know I give blood regularly, what? so I do not have any tattoos because one, then I couldn't give blood. Paul, I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt you. We all know that Paul has a fur patch as a tramp stamp down there, <laughs> Naturally and we've wrong. all seen it many times, yeah. and it's not great. It's not great. It's not great, John. You have a different beer now, though, because you did get rid of your Dragon's Milk Reserve. I did. It wasn't good. It was the Scotch Barrel aged with marshmallow and dark chocolate. It was from March. If it just didn't survive the the, the pandemic, six the, months, it got COVID. It got COVID. It's. It had floaties in it. There just there was nothing. There was nothing there, and there was no worth continuing to drink it. Uh, but I grabbed one of my the last of my fridge fillers, which was Founders Oktoberfest, their German style Marzen. This, in previous years, was part of their spaceship program. Was that what that was? Um, that was mothership. only released at the brew mothership. Uh, so this was one that they had done previous, and this is also the first packaged beer that they did that's actually a seasonal style. So they've never done a Christmas ale, they've never done like a summer beer. Uh, so an Oktoberfest is their first beer that they've packaged this way. And this is a, it's a good Oktoberfest. It's not the best Oktoberfest. But for a 15-pack for $17.99, it's a pretty good deal for an Oktoberfest. Um, I like it. I've actually cooked a lot with it. Um, I've given a couple away. And uh, I got this beer back in probably mid-September. So that 15-packs lasted me till the, what is today, the 28th of uh, yes. yeah. That's not bad, because, I mean... Oktoberfest is just a nice, good sit-down drinking beer. Like the, the I bought two four packs of each from Sideward, the the Weizenbach and the Oktoberfest. One just to like enjoy and then like save for the show. And then just like one just to have in the fridge. And I drank my my fridge ones already. So I have one more of each for when I send you guys your boxes with them. It, they're just nice to sit down and drink. We, what was it, probably five, six years ago? It was before you moved, Chris. We did, an, uh, it was when we were doing themed months for our beers. In October, we drank like every Oktoberfest you could get your hands on. And at that time, we all agreed we didn't like Oktoberfest. 
and probably the last three four years, I've gone back and started drinking them, and I'm I'm loving them. Every year, I'm picking out new ones. I'm finding new ones that I haven't had, and I just I really really dig them. I think that's part um, of Paul, doing you, like the podcast for ten years, though, because even when we started, you and producer Scott were the IPA guys. Paul and I only like enjoyed stouts and porters, and then just. Mm-hmm. Over time, getting acclimated to those other styles, we all started to like and appreciate different things. So, I I totally get that. Uh, yeah, and I, they're a nice thing to break up the New England style IPAs. And a lot of those, like at this point, I'm not, I don't love just having two, three of them in a night. I like to break it up in uh, the Oktoberfest, and I've been having a lot of lagers and pilsners lately, and they're just great things to, you know, to cleanse that palate between those beers. Speaking of a palate cleanser, it's probably going to be something I need after this one, and not because I don't like it. I'm really enjoying this. But my final beer from Cyber today is there probably nobody. Uh, and this is their quote-unquote candy bar-inspired stout. It's an imperial milk stout with coconut, cocoa nibs, vanilla, and almonds. And this thing smells just like when you open up, like, an almond joy. It's just, like, deep chocolate and, like, almond smell. Fantastic. But when you sip it, it's like a Hershey's syrup, like, sweetness on it. And I mean that in the best possible way. I know I sometimes say things that make beer sound bad, but I mean, it's just, it's like Hershey's like chocolate milk, but then you get some wonderful, like vanilla and the coconut on it. Um, I'm, I'm really digging this one. I'm sure this is probably a bit of a big boy being an Imperial double milk stout. Um, trying to find it on here. Paul, what's your guess? What's your guess for the beer? What's the ABV, Paul? Oh, for his beer? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to guess 9.3. Uh, I'm going to go 10.2. I'm looking it up because it doesn't say it on the can. Checking into it on tip. 12%. Whoa! So glad I saved this one for the end. Not just because it, it's definitely a dessert beer. I mean, it's a liquid candy bar, but yeah, 12%. That's a That's a big boy. And just like right. that rich chocolate and that like kind of like, now I know it's like probably that booziness on it. Yeah, I'm going to be sipping this uh, for the rest of the night as we finally get into the main topic. But before we get into the main topic. What? Another, another dramatic reading? I have what a surprise doing? dramatic reading from the pages or the box of Fruit Brute. <laughs> Whoever wants, that's the top one that I sent. Chris. Oh, well, it's Chris's. It's Chris's Chris. episode. He's got okay, to do the dramatic. So you read the top one. Okay. The howling good taste of fruit. <laughs> and that was a dramatic reading from Fruit Root Halloween cereal. And now another dramatic reading from from Fruity. What is it called? Fruity Mummy. <laughs> Fruity yummy mummy. Yeah, it's just it's just yummy mummy. Yep. Or, well, no, they. Ooh, okay, yep. sorry. 
Monster, Monster Cereal fan coming through here. Yep. Originally, it was just called Yummy Mummy, but then when they did the like the relaunch, relaunch for like that one year, it was called Fruity Yummy Mummy just to make it, I guess, more palatable for people that didn't know mm-hmm. what it was. Continue. Cool. John. Uh, I'll t- I'm, mm-hmm. I got this one. Fruity Yummy Mummy makes your tummy. I feel like there should have been more. That's all I got. Was there more? I thought so, too. That's all that I got. Sorry. Nope, nope. (laughs) Go yummy. (laughs) And that was a dramatic reading from the box of monster cereal. (laughs) Fruity yummy. I I just want to say, us talking about the monster cereals was never on the podcast, right? It doesn't matter. That was all. But it it can be. The the joys of always recording is it still exists. (laughs) It's still there. That can just be part of the episode now. Who knows? Happy Halloween, guys. Hey, I'm, dr- I'm drinking a candy bar, so that's okay. Yeah. And something else that, you know, some people... That's not... Hmm? It's, it's, this book's not okay. I was going to okay. say, something else some people might find sweet is the book we're talking about in our main topic. For our trading policy this month, uh, this is something that I brought to the table. This is One Roman Earth One, Volume 2, written by Grant Morrison, with art by Yannick Paquette. And this is the continuing retelling of uh, Princess Diana of Themyscira coming to the man's world. Well, it's But it's not Themyscira now. Was it? It's Amazonia. Amazon, okay, whatever. The yeah, island it, of Amazonia, and I'm like, this is that's worse. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, just right off the bat, I have to say, like, yeah. Gannick Paquette artwork, absolutely fantastic, from start to finish. Like, mm-hmm. Really, what kind of carries this book across? Because it's Grant Morrison. The writing at the beginning, especially, is very cringy. I really had a hard time getting past like the fourth or fifth page of this book. Because it starts off with a flashback to where Nazis are storming the beaches of Amazonia. Uh, and then one of them gets captured by the Amazons and is kind of forced into their loving, submissive culture. Uh, but it was as soon as we kind of caught up to the present where I was like, okay, I like this book a little bit more now. Uh, spoilers, getting to like this book a little bit more, I still don't think it's a great book. I like the... Wonder Woman stuff in it, but everything else is just very heavy-handed and just kind of cringy. The book is beautiful. The page layouts with the lasso around all the panels, like, it's a a beautiful-looking book. Yannick Paquette put so much work into it, but I... Chris, I'm glad you said you had you you staggered with this because I got to a point where I was like, I I don't want to finish. Like I don't want to finish this. Like it was it was hard to finish this book, and like there was things that like when they showed they showed the guy with the the you know you saw the lion cane, mm-hmm. and then when you the one guy was demat you know he she saved him in the. 
when she was saving those women, I was like, oh, this guy's kind of short. I bet it's Dr. Psycho. Mm-hmm. And he's got wild hair. It's like, I called it right away. Uh, he had, and he had then, crazy and eyes. At first, I, I thought maybe. That's how I how I knew. <laughs> oh, and he had crazy hair. And uh, and then I thought, like, oh, maybe Maxwell Lord is the guy with the cane. But then Maxwell Lord just showed up. Well, as soon up, as like, they saw that, there was... you saw that, like, the tall, like, good-looking dude talking to, like, that secret counsel. I was like, oh, that's that's Maxwell Lord. Like, I knew he was trying to fold in a lot of Wonder Woman stuff into this book. Even, like, right from the get-go, one of the things that, like, Diana says to someone is like, oh... Their guns are no match for our bracelets and bullets. I'm like, oh, that was like the 1990s Wonder Woman story arc. Okay, it's he's trying to throw in as much referential Wonder Woman stuff as he can. And all the submissive stuff and getting tied up with the lasso, like that's all from the the creator of Wonder Woman who is kind of kinky, like... He's trying to fit a lot of lore and things that have happened instead of just making a good Wonder Woman story. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't need to be a history lesson of Wonder Woman in it. It just needs to be a good Wonder Woman story. Paul? And I, I I found myself very, very bored. Your, your initial this. thoughts? I think, I, I think that's the point of Earth one though is to tell that history lesson and try to be like okay let's try it's grant morrison trying to strip the character back to its original like thesis statement and that's what we're getting here i agree i'd much rather read a good wonder woman story we did not get that here but it's kind of the point of this book like that's what you're doing i it's it's not I th- go ahead. I'm so I, I, I just like want to say like the books that we liked the most out of this was the Green Lantern and like the first two Superman books are the ones mm-hmm. we really, really liked. And I don't feel like they took a look at the past with Superman and then they told a really good story. And they took a look at the history of Green Lantern and then they told a really good story. And they were more original views of those characters versus like a history lesson in those characters. I think there's a lot of and the books in the history of Wonder Woman, because you said the creator, uh, William Molson, Molson. Yeah. Merit. So it's like three names. He also created the lie detector test, which doesn't doesn't work. work. Doesn't work. (laughs) Uh, yeah. And the leaping lesbians and, you know, being... Suffering like Sapphos. She would say. Um, it's... It, it's there. It's in the history. He's trying to update it to make it work. I like how he updates Dr. Psycho to be that, like, um... What's what's that guy's name that there was a... Like, oh, it's like... It's like, uh... You know, nagging oh. and, uh... Yeah, what's his name? It's something stupid. And he wore a like stupid the, hat. It was like, it's like leg. He, had, I think he had a cane too. Cane, more than likely, he there was a reality show on like VH1 or MTV where he talked. Oh, oh yeah, the dude. He, the, he had such. Yeah. a stupid, he was such a dick. I, it, I never and, watched it. Yeah, I know. Who nobody should have. None of Chris. None of us <laughs> would. And that's what makes us good people. 
But I think it, it's one thing that, okay, you know, this story originally told, like, in the 40s and 50s. We kind of get the glimpses of that before we get that jump ahead to the current age where people are taking selfies with Wonder Woman on, on the streets. Uh, she's like, speaking at colleges. I think... She's a professor. She, yeah, she is. Um, she's a professor at Holiday College. I think what really sold this book in that last, like, not even half, it's probably the last, like, three quarters, because the beginning of it is just really hard to get through, was when it does start asking those questions, and a lot of them are when she's, you know, giving her talk at the college, and it's like, well, what does it mean to be a Wonder Woman in this day and age, just with everything that, mm-hmm. you know, our sex is up against? What does that mean to be like a woman for the trans woman. What does that mean when mm-hmm. people are being subjugated and preyed upon? Like, how can you say you're standing up for people and trying to make the world a better place when you're not doing anything to help them or to change that? The government being like, okay, well, there's this whole other civilization out there with abilities and technology far beyond ours. How do we stand up against it when they're preaching this world of, like love and acceptance, but you have to submit to it to take that. Like there's some gold in this book. It's just, I don't think Grant Morrison is the person to write it. I I like that. It's Grant, you know, sometimes it takes a outsiders. uh, Oh, you're saying it, it he's mansplaining it to you. Is that what you're saying? No, no, because mansplaining is somebody that's in the society that then, you know, from their limited view, their own limited view from being inside the society, it tries to explain it to somebody that's outside of that that norm. Uh, Paul, did you just, did you just mansplain, mansplain to me? Yes, I did. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, but no, with the Graham Oil, well, I'm trying to just defend my, the different take here. Graham Morrison's not American. You know, he's British. So sometimes that outside view on American culture is helpful. Isn't he yes, Scottish? That's, yeah, I no, I, I get what you're getting at. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I I don't think him as a male is the person to, that should be telling the story of, like, no, like, this is how hard it is to be a woman in the world today. Like, it just, it, it came off as just, like, slimy to me. Okay. I don't know. Oh, I get. I can understand that. It 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 felt like he was, because I felt the same way. Some of the stuff, and I just was like, "This is a man's interpretation of of." He's just taking the bullet points of the things that he's seen re- reoccurred in the cultural yeah, kind of zeitgeist, and just like putting it here in this one scene where these people are standing up against one yeah. woman. I I don't think none of us loved the first volume. I have to say we we did like the art. The art was great. The art's great. Yannick Paquette can draw a great comic book, let alone like a great wardroom comic book. Like and this the, the dude's got skills. This book looks great. Like I am happy to have looked at the pictures in this book, but. 
I went into this going, I'm not going to like it. I've got into lots of books saying I'm not going to like it and then come out liking it. This book, it just, it just kept beating me down. And I found it kind of boring. And the stuff that were like supposed to be action-y and the fight with the Nazi at the end, the Nazi woman at the end, like even that, like and how it ended, it just was like, eh. It, I, I was hoping that there was going to be some kind of misdirect in that where, uh, I'm blanking on her name, but Nazi woman that was like taken it in like Patty. No, uh, the woman that was forcibly rehabilitated by the Amazons, the Nazi woman. What's the Baroness Petty Yvonne. Oh no, uh, Paula. 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 Uh, Paula. I was hoping. Paula, how did you not know that? Because I always want to distance myself from Nazis on white supremacists as much as possible. But I thought she was being set up to take the fall, and it was someone else that was kind of trying to undercut um, Hippolyta. And it turned out just like, no, it was her all along. Like, again, it's not a big deal, but I thought I could see where that little thread was going. It didn't wind up going there. It just, honestly, the story was what it was. Um, yeah. I, I was, halfway through this book, I was thinking, you know what? I would be okay if someone took this and went Marvel method on it, where the general story was there. They did the art and then someone else just kind of filled in like the word balloons and the actual like captions and made it a better book. Cause I think the framework for it could be there. It just wasn't actualized in the actual like pages of this graphic novel. Because yeah, you're right. At the beginning of the, no- uh, the book, they were trying to put this weird old timey kind of like not dialect, but um, what is it? Syntax mm-hmm. like in the dialogue. And then uh, they got away from it. But then when Wonder Woman talked to her mom, she fell back into that weird syntax where like things were, Oh, the world of man has begot like nobody says it like that anymore. And Every once in a while, Wonder Woman would turn a phrase, like an old, tiny phrase. And, in a, well, the weirdness, too, place. where they're showing, like, the Amazons being ever aware of what's going on, too, because right off the bat, in that flashback, the Nazis land on the beaches, and Uber Fraulein is like, oh, they're, they're speaking ancient Greek. But then Wonder Woman has a pet kangaroo mount. But when she sees people, she says, Ola. Like, there's like this weird, like, forced melding of cultures, it seems like Morrison was trying to push into it. Mm-hmm. That just kind of took me out when I would see that kind of thing. Like, okay, them speaking Greek, that that makes sense. But then there's like those other spatterings of cultural touchstones in there that I'm like, well, you, don't, you don't have to have that. Why is, why is that a thing? Yeah, and... I did like that the Nazis would try to find uh, Amazonia because they because apparently uh, Hitler was a believer in the hollow earth theory or the honeycombed earth theory. <laughs> Nerd, it everyone is. knows it's flat. <laughs> <laughs> I think where there was like another world underneath the surface of this world. I think I, I don't know if it was you, Paul or Chris, who, you know, I just think I this book would have been better if it was 
a woman writer who could put this book in kind of a what Wonder Woman has meant to me over that and write that. I just feel like the book would need that because like this book is even setting up volume three because you have Maxwell Lord and Ares, which are these robots. And I honestly thought the, I was like, Oh, when Wonder Woman subdued Paula and she was like, oh, I'm so sorry, blah, blah, blah. I thought the two of them were going to go be fighting fucking robots after that. And instead, it's like, no, the world of man is now up against me, the queen, and I will. They're going to be against the Amazons. Like, I was like, what? Well, that's, that's good because the Ares program, Max Lord's going to be the actual god of war Ares, right? Like, he's setting up. Mm-hmm. Like the Shadow Council to take war to the Amazons, which that like that weird <laughs> that, U.S. Council with their VR goggles, like yeah. that took me right out of it too. And that was like right after the flashback, and like the next thing you see is these dudes with VR goggles on. And I'm like, wait, is this still in the 1950s? I was confused I, too, and then I was, I was like, for a second, oh, are they watching? They're watching the Nazis attack. Like, that's what I thought they were doing, and then I they just were all sitting around a table together with these VR helmets. They were playing Among Us in VR. That's... Maxwell Lord is sus. <laughs> He's sus. Put him out. Um, ultimately, I don't think it's my least favorite of the Earth-1 graphic novels, though. I think... Yeah. The Batman Earth One Volume One is a little bit rougher, and then the Teen Titans. I think Teen Titans kind of falls into the same traps as the Wonderman one does, where it's too focused on taking those characters and trying to update it while paying homage and referencing everything that happened before, instead of just saying like, "No, we've had Teen Titans like constantly rebooted and reiterated upon over the years." Like you can still tell a current and updated Teen Titans story without it being like, whoa, bro, cool dudes. Here we are now. We're teenagers with superhero, like superhero powers. I, and attitude. And attitude. I definitely would say like Power Rangers. Titans volume two would be at the bottom. Wonder Woman volume two would be next. Then Titans volume one. Then Wonder Woman then Batman, Volume 1, then Superman, Volume 3, then Batman, Volume 2, then Superman 2, Green Lantern, and then Superman. Building backwards, I think that's what my... Yeah, I'm look, I think... I think you're pretty, pretty close. Yeah. Close. I, I'm excited. I don't know when uh, Green Lantern Earth 1 Volume 2 is coming out, but that's definitely something I am actively looking forward to. And when I saw this was available, I was like, oh, they came out with Volume 2. And then when I went to go buy it, I was like, oh, they came out with Volume 2 <laughs> two years ago, especially after we had waited so long for that mm-hmm. first one. I think that one kind of just got hyped up based on the fact that it's like, oh, it's it's out there. They're working on it. It's coming. This one just kind of happened, and we we didn't even realize it. With the rest of them, like, as soon as they came out, I was like, oh, this is something 
I'm looking forward to reading. I'm still looking forward to reading the Aquaman and Flash ones whenever those eventually happen. Because, yes, people were working on them. There is artwork out there that you can find if you uh, look for it. Because I think it was Francis Manipal was doing the Flash one. Um, Aquaman. I don't remember. Was it Jeff Lemire? I. Besides the point. Google it on your own. You have a computer. You have a smartphone. You guys know how to do this kind of thing. But, yeah. Ultimately, not great. And I'm sorry, guys, but we're going to have to read Volume 3 because I always pick all of these for my trading policies whenever okay. they come out or I'm aware that they have come out and at some point. So I, I have to say, sorry. the like, the Wonder Woman books are beautiful. The Batman books are stunning. Gary Frank. You can, uh, the he, Green Lantern they're, they're one, fantastic. which is actually the one that I bought. We like we read my copy of it. Because, um, Chris, I think you bought the hardback. And yeah, that just, one I have the hard copy of. We had to buy our own <laughs> to, for, for Paul and I to read it because we're not in Florida. Um, and I, I, like, I still have to say those Superman ones... I wasn't I wasn't expecting much out of them because none of us are really big Superman fans, but they're probably those three Superman books are in the top half of these Earth One books. Yeah. Uh J. Michael Straczynski and Shane Davis on those ones. And yeah, I'm I'm happy with having those on my shelf. Like that even the Batman ones, they're not great, but I'm okay with with having paid for those in the hardcover. Uh, Green Lantern. I'm cool with that. I don't think I feel the need to go back and buy Earth 1, buying 2 of Wonder Woman to have it on the shelf next to my physical copy of the first one. Though. It's just not something that I... It makes me want to get a Wonder Woman sketch from Yannick Paquette, but... Yeah. I mean, you have, a, I, uh... you have a Zatanna from him that's really good. Yeah. Uh... And also, oh, what was I going to say? No, that uh, the Satanas from us, uh, 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 Stefan Rue. Oh, okay, no, sorry. we interviewed uh, him. Do you have a Yannick Paquette? Yeah. No, I thought you got something no, while we were talking. Booked. to him. He was. No, oh. I don't think so. Maybe he was doing a. He might have been. He was doing, he was doing sketches while we talked to him, point. and he was a great mm-hmm. like. He was one of my favorite people oh, that we talked great to. Uh, what was the guy who uh, the mouse guard? Mouse guard, Dave Peterson. Mouse guard, Dave Peterson. That's probably one of my mm-hmm. favorites we've done because we were sitting there talking to this dude, uh, Mouse guard, Archaea Press, fantastic book. You should just check it out because it's great. Uh, but we were talking to him, and then we realized we had had no recorder troubles. We, we were just talking and to we him. Started the, and having a great conversation with him. And then we're like, we oh, do that a podcast. It? Can we record you? And he's like, yeah, sure. Uh, what did I say here? And he was just like trying to remember okay. all the good stuff that he had said. Plus, he was also like, hey, that Becky Clune and wink, wink, wink. She's really attractive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was the year we talked to Becky Clune too, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Man, I'd love to go to a comic book <laughs> convention again with you guys. Not just to record stuff, but just to go to something. I'm just awkward, and I'm not that good person at a um, convention. I'm no, sorry. Paul, it's you, a social situation. Paul, you pretty much led the interview yeah, it, we had with Cliff Chang, though. 
<laughs> we have a we have a picture yeah, of you, you sitting next you to him just behind sat, this you, table. It was just you interviewing. It was great. Chris and I were. Because, yeah, you guys haven't read. Yeah. You guys weren't reading Wonder Woman at that point. No. Oh, that was great. And also, he did that. those awesome, uh, like, 80s, like, uh, uh, album yeah. takes. Yeah. With the with superheroes. And they were like. Like Purple Rain with uh, Batgirl. And he did a bunch based off of, um, like, the 80s movies, too, like Breakfast Club. Yeah. Like, 16 Candles, stuff mm-hmm. like that, too. What's he. What's Cliff Chang even on right now? I. He's such a strong artist. I feel like he's probably just yeah. But that was like twenty years ago, guys. So I mean, we're twenty ten back when they discontinued the monster serials. But you know, you know something that's never going to get discontinued: the Megan broadcast because nobody can discontinue us other than us. Yeah, we just we just like to do it, and you have to listen to it. So hey, thanks for listening to it. If you do, make sure you rate and review us over on your podcatcher of choice. Uh. It's one of those things people say, I don't have the science to prove it, but apparently it helps more people find you. Mm-hmm. We like doing that. The more subscribers we have, the more recommendations that it goes to those aggregators in the cloud. And, you know, we all, you know, are are praying to the new Zeus's and Mercury's of the Greek gods, which are Amazon and Google cloud services. <laughs> you know, we're all just... Subject. To, uh, that dude's name was Mystery, by the heaven. way. Uh, the pickup artist guy. Oh, jeez. Mis- mystery really? pickup artist. That's what it's called. Pickup artist. I completely forgot about that until if, you made me think about it again. If you're a subscriber and you subscribe to Mystery or any of that stuff, you can stop listening. We don't want you. I'm here. pretty sure that Sorry. dude died of a coke overdose years ago. So there's. Probably no way to follow him on things. But hey, make sure you're following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You know, we're on all that stuff. We put up things. Uh, It's fun. Interact with us. Let us know what you're watching, listening to, reading, drinking. We like any kind of uh, interaction. Yeah, I don't even know our email address anymore. Oh, if you want it. Gmail.com, yeah, right? That's it. So let us. <laughs> oh, wow. I do know you it. You do know it. Hooray. 